Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi everyone, this is Tim and welcome to History Dweebs and the uh, topic of our podcast today is the uh, pandemic of 1918 and as always I'm joined uh, by my co-host, the lovely blue hair beauty Brandy. How are you today Brandy? I'm good Tim, how are you? I'm outstanding. Excellent. And as always we're joined by the very distinguished and honorable Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawk Waters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I'm, I'm quite well today, Timmy. Thank you for asking. And now, Colonel, we understand you have some very exciting news, to uh, an, an exciting announcement to make. Well, it's, it is big news to me. This is not, this is not something I wanted to do. Uh, I had different plans for my life, for my career, um, but after discussing it with my family, um, it, it seems that America needs me, Timmy. Well, yeah, America we, we all need you, uh, Colonel. So I am announcing my candidacy for president. Oh, Christ, at a oh. four-man bobsled. Well, that's exciting, Colonel. Oh, you decided to throw your hat into the ring then. Yes, I, yes, I did. When, when I looked at the, at the, at the people running, I thought, you know what? This is unacceptable. <laughs> the, 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 the country needs the colonel. You wanted a higher caliber of candidate out I did. there. I did. So you plan to run in 2016? 2016. Yes, we have a, uh, we, we, we raise some funds now. It's a grassroots thing. Yeah, I, I'm sure it will be a grassroots thing. Well, we'll have, you have to keep us up to date on your candidacy there, Colonel. I'm sure a lot of our listeners will be thrilled to know that... Um, you are going to be um, a candidate for president. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to the debates. I cannot wait to get Hillary up on that stage. I cannot wait to get Ted Cruz and the rest of those people up on that so stage. So are you running as a Democrat or a Republican? I'm running as both. I'm running in both primaries. Well, that'll be a first. You're running in... You're running. You're running in both primaries. You're not going to be a libertarian. No, I'm going to be. I'm going to be a um, demo publican. A demo publican. So you'll be in both primaries. You'll be in both series of debates. Well, I keep hearing about these people to me, and, and now look at what we got on the, with the Democrats. 
okay? Mm-hmm. You're going to have somebody who can't even, they can't keep their email straight. They're kind of like the blue hat devil. You send them an email, nobody knows where it goes, right? Really? Right. It goes really? in a spam yeah. You're talking to me about email? And then I look <laughs> up on the Republican side, and you know what I see, Timmy? What What is the one common factor you see over in those Republicans? They can't I, do their email either? I don't know. What is it? Hair product, Timmy. Hair product. Look at Ted Cruz. Look at Rand Paul. Look at, look at Marco Rubio. They wear way too much hair product. Wow. Now, how are you, you going to go down, stare down Putin with a bunch of gel in your hair? Well, you make some good points there, Colonel. So you'll keep us up to date. I had, you're heading out to Iowa shortly after this? I'm, I'm headed out to Iowa, yeah. I, I think I'll, I I think the people in Iowa are going to like me. Yeah, can I, you spell Iowa? Just checking. I just, they, they like that if you can actually spell it. Well, you got, see, that's the problem. Name. They're all this gotcha media. Yeah. It, it's the, yeah, it's the gotcha <laughs> questions that, you know. I want to talk about things of substance, oh, like, well, like gonad warming uh, and things like that. But let's talk about some the podcast. That's something of substance. Okay. I see you've got a lot of notes there okay. and you're very prepared that we're going to talk about the uh, 1918 uh, pandemic, as better known as the Spanish flu. So I see that you're ready to go on that. Actually, Timmy, I thought we was going to talk about the Spanish fly today. Hey, dumbass. <laughs> no, it's the Spanish flu. Spanish flu. I, you, you need to be more careful when you're sending me emails. I think you got to type them. I'm going to have to go back and look at that because I'm pretty sure my thing said be prepared to discuss Good Spanish luck in fly. Iowa. Uh, Brandy, did your email say Spanish flu or I'm Spanish fly? I'm prepared to discuss the Spanish flu. Well, can I have just a couple words now, readers? I'm, now you've already had too many words. They're all worked up over this Spanish fly thing. Now no. we got them all excited. I got to give them something. They're I not, just want to tell our, our they listeners. They are not. They are not. Look, I want you to be responsible. If you're going to use now this Spanish fly, it's, it's for a woman that's got a case of the frigidities. The okay? what? The frigidities. Oh my God! And it, if they give you some, you take some fat Spanish fly. It gets the dead parts all tingly again. But the danger is, say you got a woman whose hormones are just screaming for some love, right? You give her the Spanish fly, she's going to be like a werewolf in heat. I mean, you might find her on a flagpole. You might find her anywhere. What do you think about that, uh, Brandy? So just... <laughs> She's speechless. I, <laughs> she is speechless. I, well, yeah. Well, well, Colonel, thank you for researching Spanish flu. We might have to do a podcast on that at some point. But today we're going to talk about the Spanish fly. And we had a... What? We're going to talk about Spanish flu. Flu. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Spanish flu. I'm going to need a minute. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you can, you do some research. Take a minute. Take a minute. Well, and I'll kind, of, I'll, I'll kind of talk about it until you're ready. Um, the intro that we did there was a little bit different than we normally did uh, would do. That was a song that was popular in 1918, by a song popular with little kids when they jump rope. Uh, and it's a song about influenza. And um, the influenza pandemic of 1918 uh, ran from January, 18, uh, January 1918 through December 1920. And it was a catastrophe. Uh, it infected more than 500 million people worldwide, and uh, estimates between uh, 50 and 100 million people actually died. That was, at the time, 3 to 5% of the world's population, which means it was more people died of the Spanish flu uh, than died uh, during the Black Plague. 
565,000 people in the United States died. And, you know, this is when the population of the U.S. was probably, what, a third of what it is today. And uh, 560,000 people died, and that's more than uh, all the world wars in the 20th century combined. Um, it's known as the Spanish flu, um, and that's kind of a misnomer because... Uh, as you know, in 1918, the World War, First World War, was going on, and um, Spain was a neutral country, and all the other countries had uh, heavy censorship of their media during the war, and Spain, being a neutral country, did not, so they reported out on the flu epidemic, and that's how the name stuck, the Spanish flu. They but got screwed. They really did, um, but... No one really knows. There's a lot of theories where it originated, but no one really knows. And the thing about this, I mean, this is, you know, it probably, even though most people have heard of it, it's really an unreported story. It's I mean, kind of the, it's the forgotten epidemic. It's the yeah, forgotten it really epidemic. is. I mean, when you think about how many people died, I mean, you're talking 500 million people worldwide. I mean, that's, that, you know, that is uh, crazy, uh, just a crazy number amount of people. And um, it really hasn't been that long ago. I mean, you're talking less, in 1918, it's less than 100 years. There's certainly people living today that was alive when the flu, um, you know, occurred. Um, just in my own family, my grandmother was, uh, was born in 1901. Now, she died in the, in the 1970s, but she was born in 1901 when she was... Uh, 17, she developed the flu. She got the flu. Um, and she almost died from it. Um, she she finally recovered, but she was sick on... Um, she, I remember her saying that she, got, she was sick uh, with the flu when um, the uh, First World War ended, which would have been what, the 11th month, the 11th day of the 11th month, 11th hour, whatever, uh, November 11th of 19... 18, she was, um, they were celebrating and, you know, having uh, parades and stuff, but she couldn't go out and enjoy it because she was sick with the flu. See, that's my my granddaddy had, uh, he almost died from the flu. Yeah, and my, my grandfather also, um, he, didn't, he didn't get the flu. He was actually in the Army, and he was ready to be shipped overseas, but they postponed his... Sh- Deployment because of the flu epidemic because so many people were affected. So your your grandfather had the flu. Well, actually, my granddaddy had a cold, um, but he which is like the flu. He yeah, complained so. a lot, and my grandma she tried to smother him with a pillow. Okay, so that's really not, not related at all. Not but he almost died. You're right. Sure. He almost died. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, there, no one is really sure where the flu originated. There's different theories. Um, some theories uh, think it's mutated from pigs and birds that were near the front lines in France. One thing that we know for sure is that the war probably um, made the flu worse with all the troop deployments. Um, There was a similar flu in horses, uh, virus in horses in 1872 in Canada. It's been linked to that. I've seen it linked to China. I think Charles is going to talk more about that in a bit. there's also uh, there's also been discussion that uh, some people believe it it, it originated in Kansas uh, on March the fourth, nineteen eighteen. A soldier reported a sick bay at Fort Riley, Kansas, 
uh, on that morning, and within a few days, they the hospital had 500 um, soldiers reporting um, in with the flu, and um, there was a doctor shortage and, and healthcare shortage anyway because a lot of the doctors were um, overseas um, in the war. And um, so it spread. Uh, the, the disease spread quite rapidly. Um, you know, it got to a point where uh, people, there was no, you know, it went a lot of automobiles back in the time. So people in, in urban areas used streetcars. And so that was, you know. Were everyone, they named Desire? I don't know if they were named Desire or not, but they were in close quarters. <laughs> and being in, uh, that helped spread the disease. Train, uh, of course, fever. inner city was train travel. To fever. Um, train travel helped spread the disease. Time travel. Um, yeah, there were, you know, it got to the point where cities. Well, Michael J. Fox alive did? Peabody and Sherman. It got to the point where cities would not, uh, on, along the um, rails, would not let trains stop because um, they didn't want people getting out to infect. It really had a big impact on businesses, uh, small businesses, where their owners got sick or uh, with the flu. Um, they just simply went under, and um, uh, you know, they it got to a point where they ran out of coffins. So many people were dying, uh, and I've seen pictures of coffins just stacked up in uh, funeral homes with dead bodies in them. Well, what they finally started doing was just digging big trenches. Yeah, exactly. Unsanitary. They, they did not. Uh, they, they quit having. They quit having funerals. Um, and there were. I mean, it was literally a point where you didn't have enough healthy people to bury the dead. And they that didn't stop the Irish people from having wakes. Well, I'm not sure. Any excuse to drink it. Yeah, they were still it, drinking it. And, and but that's a good point. It, it went all over the world, and um, hence the word pandemic. Yeah, the the in, in, in Alaska they would wipe out entire villages, and they say some villages where you know you would have ch- children would be the only people living, and wipe out because unlike most flus that we experience today that affect you know the uh, the young, very young, and the elderly. This flu was a little bit different and affected people in their, um, you know, young adults through, you know, people in their twenties to their forties, and it would just wipe them out. They develop pneumonia and die rather quickly. Um, and like I said, uh, they, they, you know, people were being cared for at home because um, the healthcare system was so overwhelmed. And um, they would just leave the, um, the dead bodies out in front of their house for the health department to pick them up. People, they, they wouldn't come into the homes to pick them up because of fear of the flu. So there's a bad scene overall, and I know, Colonel, you're going to go into a little bit more. Well, it was, it was, it was called the Holocaust of uh, the greatest medical Holocaust in history. And, and as you said, it, it killed more people than the Black Death. Killed more people in 24 weeks than eggs killed in 24 years. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Killed more people in one year than the Black Death killed in the century. What about scurvy? Scurvy don't tend to kill you. Um, Tim had scurvy. I did have, have scurvy. I did have um, scurvy. Hey, I can't believe he's like a pirate. <laughs> he was a pirate. Can you do an iron first? No, uh, my grandpa had scurvy. Of course he did. Uh, when, your grandmother, when your grandmother tried to kill him. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, here, like you said, here in the United States, 675,000 people died. 675,000. And, and really, we've pretty much forgotten about all this. And, yeah, it's, and it was amazing. Very, it's amazing that, you know, you have this 
tremendous epidemic pandemic that killed so many people, and it's really not even you know it's really kind of overlooked, and there's really no reason why it couldn't happen again today. Well, the the uh, and and it was it was ghastly. I mean, people would say ghastly. It was they, ghastly. Uh, it, it was ghastly. I mean. Physicians were, were, they were horrified by what they saw. <clears throat> People's lungs, they fill up with a frothy liquid. They come in, like the, like the intro said, they come in feeling just a little under the weather in the morning. They'd be dead by nightfall. They'd be dead by nightfall. And it was a, it was a really weird thing that it, it only killed the 20 to 50-year-olds for the most part. And they couldn't figure out why the hell that was. And then... There was another oddity is it, it, it broke out in the summertime, not in regular flu season. So there was a, a bunch of weird things about this. Now, the, the explanation for the young people is actually surprisingly simple. The people born after, there was a, there was a flu epidemic back, oh, roughly about 1885 to 1888. And it was kind of a strain of this particular flu. So the older people had been exposed to it, kind of like the measles vaccine that Jenny McCarthy hates so bad. God, Edward. Um, uh, th- they'd been exposed to it, so it didn't... They might have got sick a little bit, might have got the, you know, sniffles. chills, sniffles, whatever, but they didn't die, just, you know. And and so older people were kind of immune to it, and, and the colonel going to give you a science lesson here real quick. I wish you would. Okay. Now, viruses are all different. He's like Bill Nye. Okay. But different, yeah. Colonel the science guy. Now, if you if you're looking at a at a uh, a virus under a microscope, okay, which we do all, and and say oh. it's got little blue spikes in it, all right, that's one kind of virus. And if you're exposed to a that virus later on, you're exposed to a variant because they mutate, because that's what they think happened here. It came over with a bunch of Chinamen, like X Men. Uh, yeah. See, there you are blaming the Chinese. They get blamed for SARS. They get blamed for bird flu. They get okay. blamed, blamed for the Black Death. But yeah, in fairness, they started the SARS, the bird flu, and the Black Death. So, yeah, I guess it's kind of like, you know, blaming John Hinckley for shooting Ronald Reagan. I mean, What you're going to need to do is hit your point. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'll, I'll, you get me off track here, Timmy. So I was back on the science lesson, trying to pay attention, devil. You might learn something. I doubt it. Okay. Seriously. So we got on in this little Petri dish, all right? We got Mm -hmm. a virus that's Mm -hmm. got little little blue spikes on it. Okay. All right? And let's just call that the H2 virus, right? right? Now, in another Petri dish, we got a virus that got little red spikes on it. Right. And let's call that the H3. Okay. All right? Now, if you're exposed, and they mutate all the time, but if you're exposed to the red one, you get some kind of tolerance to it, some immunity. But if the blue one comes along, you're completely naked. You're completely helpless. You got no defenses to it. So these people, they, the 20 to 50-year-olds, they had never been exposed to the blue virus before. And it just decimated them, just wiped them clean out. Yeah, it was a... Did you understand that? I hope there are no doctors that actually listen to this. (laughs) It's actually actually based on... And and here's the other thing that that helped it along. Was in World War I, let's say typical normal behavior. Now, I know you might not understand that, devil, but we're going to go with typical human behavior. Yeah, Yeah. people with morals and... Yeah, yeah. Let's not not sling that word around today. 
so you get you get sick. Yeah. Uh, if you're really sick, what do you do? You lay in bed, mm-hmm. right? If you're just a little sick, you you try to get on with your life. You do, you know, and 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 if you're just a tiny bit sick, you well, go to work. Well, if it and was you or I, we would come to work. Where Brandy would probably stay home. Well, she stayed home for anything. I mean, right. she called in because it was raining. Although, no. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. She called in because there was a chance of rain yeah. the other day. But anyway, this this was, this is how I do more sometimes. work on accident. Than she you do she called in just to make her hair blue again. <laughs> she did. did. And that, that is a lovely shade, yes. I must add. Yeah. Brandy um, had her hair uh, collared again and it's, it's touched up. Yeah. 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 Looks okay. much better. That's not natural. Believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I thought it was some, from your supernatural evil powers. But anyway. I keep those hidden. Um, but this, this, the war is what, what was a big problem here. Because if, if it happens, people that are really sick, people got the really virulent strains of it, they stay in bed, they die. Okay? They don't get exposed to a bunch of other people. People got the mild strain of it. They go to work, they, go to, they pass around the mild strain. But when you get in the trenches of a war... What happens to the people who are really sick? They all huddle in together in the trenches with other people, and they're just passing really powerful, potent stuff around. Yeah, and then you take into account that these are guys who were, you know, in a war. They were probably— Yeah, their immunity was down. They were stressed. Yeah. They had shells coming in. They had the Red Baron flying over them. There was— Snoopy was there? Snoopy and the Red Baron, yeah. Snoopy didn't get the—that's uh, actually—Snoopy got the got the flu for a little bit, but he recovered. Um, the Red Baron, he was okay. Or he'd have passed it to Woodstock. But yeah. there, is, was the there, is, there is thoughts that the uh, Central Powers suffered more than the Allies, and that it may have tipped the Some war. people think it, yeah, it changed the course plan. of the war. It was, yeah. Now, some people who are conspiracy theorists believe that this might have been a biological agent, um, but the Chinese really is the ones that started it, and they had no reason Well, to I don't—that's a theory. But 
I. Why are you, why are you always defending the Chinese? People? No, because there are. He's dated most lawyer of them. for the Chinese people. He's dated yeah. most of no, them. No, there's still a billion he ain't hit yet. Mm. There are no. There, there the, the 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 scary part is they don't really know where this originated. They don't know how it spread, why it was bad as it was, and why it killed so many people. And they don't know if it come back again how to treat it. So there's stay a, in. There's there's a lot of things that we still don't know Quarantine. about this. And well, and it and it after that first epidemic, now that you had two waves of this, and, and the correct. first one started here that we know of, and that was in March mm-hmm. um, of nineteen eighteen, and that was really the first time, you know, the first epidemic, and that was kind of a milder. Yeah, it was milder. People were still dying from it, though. Right. Um, and then later in November of that year, and, and the government was really criticized for its its lack of action, you know, mm-hmm. lack of any response. November of that year was the second wave. That was That's when really it was the most deadly. Yeah, that's when, and, that's, and that's when my grandmother... At some point, the thing had mutated, um, much like the bluehead devil over here, I'm sure, like... Like, take the blue head devil. <clears throat> I'm sure it like, 11 years old, 12 years old. Yeah. I'm imagining somewhere in there there was a sweet girl. You can't know what I mean? I can't imagine that, but okay. Well, no, in theory. Okay. Hypothetically. Like, like she was a normal. I mean, she if, she, normal. if she had been normal. Right. And then somewhere she mutated into evil. Yeah. And that's where we got the blue head devil today. Yeah. So. Huh. Had she not mutated, kinda, uh, she might be Okay. I'm not sure about that. You but think so? You think that's what uh, happened? Yeah. Um, the mutation. Careful. So, so the, with the mutation. Um, was you born with blue hair? That's all I'm asking. That's a well, mutation. He's got a, he's got a point. Um, yes. It mutated again because all this happened rather quickly, right? It, uh, within two years, it, it, it kind of ran its course. But really, it was a matter of months when this, when the worst part of it occurred, November, and um, and it disappeared amazingly quick. Yes, it mutated once again, and when it mutated a third time, it became a less, uh, less, um, you know, weakened strand, and. Uh, had it not mutated, or had it mutated it in something even stronger, you know, who knows? I but mean, you can really see that something, you know, when they talk about nuclear war or you talk about artificial intelligence, this is something you can see really wiping out the human race. I mean, this if something, if there's a way, if the human race is going to be wiped out, it's easy to see from this episode that something like this could be what does it. Well, I, unless you hide in a bunker. I love bunkers. You ain't now, hiding in my bunker, devil. Now, there is a theory. There is a theory. And what, anywhere near your bunker? That, um, that this, the situation was made worse because a lot of physicians were overseas and healthcare workers were overseas. And um, you had kind of paraprofessionals treating patients. And whether the, even dentists were uh, called in to, you know, become, you know, to treat patients of this flu. Really? And and um, medical schools would graduate students earlier. Um, and there's a, a theory that um, an overprescription of aspirin involved uh, cr- uh, contributed to this. Well, in 2009, um, this lady named Karen Sarko, Starko, 
uh, published in the Clinical Infectious Diseases Journal, that she, she actually proposed that aspirin poisoning had contributed substantially to all the fatalities. Um, this was based on reported symptoms and those dying um, from the flu during the autopsy reports that were still available and the timing of the big death spike that happened in October of 1918. Um, let's see. They were... <laughs> um, she suggests that a wave of aspirin poisonings was due to a perfect storm of events. Bayer's patent on aspirin had expired so that many companies were um, jumping in to make profits, and that greatly increased the supply. Oh, by the way, I've been to Bayer headquarters mm-hmm. in Germany. Oh, um, yeah. That is old Bayer plant on River Road down the, down the street here. Oh. And you know what it's now called? Mm. Enios. Okay. That's amazing. Um, they didn't know the symptoms of aspirin, and they didn't know the symptoms of aspirin poisoning at the time. Yeah, aspirin was like the miracle drug at the time. Right. It was used for everything. But they was prescribing high, high doses. Yeah. Well, no, they're high by today's standards. Um, but it was causing some people to just bleed out. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it saw, the, the hypothesis sought, thought, sought to provide an explanation to the universally high mortality rate. Uh, but it was questioned by a couple of doctors um, because they were saying, you know, they, that there were there was such a high mortality rate in India, and there was no access to aspirin at the time. Uh, but according to her, they overlooked the fact that the inexpensive aspirin became available in India after October of 1918, when the bear patent had expired. Well, and it could have been a, maybe it was a contributing factor. It might not have been, you know, the whole reason why there's so many deaths. It may have just been a contributing factor. And that's, and that's what they're saying is that, you know, because it, it was so readily available and because, you know, during war, you know, everybody's overseas, everybody's dying, do whatever, supplies run short. Right. But all of a sudden you have aspirin that's flooding the market. Right. And then really that's all they had to treat it. Yeah. So, and they didn't know, they didn't know aspirin poisoning. They didn't know that you could probably bleed out from it. They didn't know, you know, all these things. So um, they were giving them high doses probably to keep their, you know, pain level down and their fevers low. Sure. And, and they um, were ODing on And they were ODing. Um, well, so they're looking at that. This lady is looking at that as a... Um, so that's her hypothesis. That's her hypothesis, that it's a contributing factor. That's um, interesting. Which, yeah. of course... In the medical community, there's dissent on that. So. Yeah, but I mean, that's interesting. That there's another good. hypothesis out there, too. And this is the colonel's hypothesis. Nobody wants to hear that. No, I'm just saying, when you have these pandemics and things like that, people would take advantage of them. And, I, and I'm guessing it only accounts for maybe 15%. Mm-hmm. 15%. But you come home and, you know, your, your, your wife, she kind of nagging you. You know, and what and whatnot, and uh, somebody choke somebody to death, 
and say, oh, she was fine this that morning. Happens. She was fine this morning, and all of a sudden, I come and lay, she says she not feel so good. She put her out on a stoop. She did. I put her out on a stoop. Like Edna from it. vacation. You strap her to the roof Stra- and move on down the road. Well, it's not like it's raining or anything. <laughs> well, it could be. But, you know, I mean, there is, you know, I, I try to find something that he says and try to pull a nugget out of it. You can't. You want yeah, a it's very difficult. But you know, somebody took advantage of it. I'm just <laughs> saying, somewhere in Kansas. Let's, let's say uh, what may be a possibility. There were 17.5 million people died during the war, World War One. Now, that number may be enhanced because some of those guys may have died from the flu and they were counted as casualties. So, and some of them might have been died from dysentery. Sure. And they were counted as uh, flu victims. Could be. Could be. But, but some of them could have been murdered. Yeah. But, I mean, in any case, this was something that was uh, we've never seen. for a pandemic. This is something, really, that the world has never seen before. It's not been that long ago and something, really, the world could see again. I mean, you're talking, uh, one date there was uh, 876 people in New York City alone die in one day from the flu. So let me ask you this. Are the symptoms of this particular flu, are they the same as regular symptoms of the flu? Is it just the flu? It's It's just the flu that kills you. High temperature, but... You go, uh, it would quickly develop into bacterial pneumonia, and that was what was killing people. But was had, that due to sanitation conditions, lack of antibiotics? Had they had antibiotics, it would have it kept it in check pretty, not kept in check. It would have knocked the death toll down quite a bit because these people were getting bacterial pneumonia, and they were otherwise healthy, strong, young people. But, you, you know, you were talking about people who it, it developed so quickly, though. You wonder well, that's true. It, whether or that's not. True. Could it have been a sanitation issue? And the spread, of, certainly the spread could have been, a, the spread of it could have been due to poor sanitation. And, and and maybe if it happened today, it would not be on a scale. But, you know, you're talking about 3 to 5% of the world's population. Swear, that's a... Quarantine them sons of bitches. Well, well they were quarantined. They were even do. doing... Like in New York City, Philadelphia, they, they were doing off and on days so the subways wouldn't get so cold, right. so crowded. And they would, they, you um, know, movie theaters were closed. Yeah. Anytime there was a public outing, they were closed. Mm-hmm. They had a, a. Um, they were closing the downtown ice cream parlors so the harlots could, so hang, harlots out in could them. not hang out mm-hmm. there. But um, you know, again, I think it was compounded by the fact that healthcare workers were not readily available and. Uh, um, you know, it just and and with these troop movements of people going overseas, it just. Um, but you know, today with uh, with air travel and and uh, you know, it's a lot. The world is a lot smaller place. We you, seem to contain Ebola. Right, right. We have, and I think it, you know, it, it, there That's will a good be, point, though. there will be points where not just it, a pretty face. There, there certainly we you could, could blind squirrel. We could um, on that one again, double. No, we right. could um, probably uh, lessen the impact of it if it happened today, but you know you're still talking uh, 500 million. You know, uh, 500 million people. In fact, that's a lot of people. Well, well, Chicken Little, my gosh! Occasionally, I believe be that we got a. And, and this is. Have you be, not seen Contagion? <laughs> Look, are you talking about thinning of the herd? Are we going to go into Darwinism? What I'm just saying is, when I'm president, <laughs> no, okay, I haven't. I'm a little Okay, we need to occasionally thin the herd. So you want so you want Darwinism to take? I'm not saying the that, law of Darwin. He doesn't I'm, know what that means. I'm not saying that I'm going to nuke Canada or anything like that. I'm what? just saying that why the hell thin- would you nuke Canada? 
because they're responsible for most of our global warming. And they, no. have, they have hockey players up there. They got hockey players. They bump into each other, spread no kinds of now spit we, blood. You have a lot of fans in Canada. You shouldn't say that. No, I wouldn't have a new Canada, but... Um, <laughs> I'm backtracking on that one. Yeah. But you know Samoa. You're sounding like Samoa. Yeah. I don't I, I don't like Samoa. Yeah, well until, what? until someone listens to our podcast from Samoa. Yeah. There's, until they plenty listen. To, there's plenty Actually, of Actually, no, Samoa. I I mentioned Samoa because Samoa was the one place the flu one of the places the flu did not show up. And Japan. Well, Japan has showed up, but very few people died from it. Well, because they um, they would not uh, they stopped uh, ships from coming in and out. What well, it was eating and a lot of raw baby fish girls. too. They killed the baby girls and they was eating raw fish. Yeah, they killed. All I, the baby I think girls. the Japanese women are very attractive. I know. Well, okay. yeah, we know that. We know. <laughs> okay, us, we know um, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, Brandy, any final thoughts on the influenza pandemic of nineteen eighteen? I have to agree with the colonel. I vote that we go with the Darwin theory of thinning the herd. Um, colonel, we already know your thoughts, but do you have any like statement you would like to make? Free, free well, flow. first of all, I think freestyle. I think we're discounting murder. I think we glossed over the murder aspect. It is okay. way too much um, because it was it was there was very opportunistic people back then and. So you think if you, you strangle your old lady and throw her out on the curb, that no, no one's going to know the difference? Well, hell, half the police force is dead. So what you have is, is nothing tr- valuable to add to this conversation. I'm just saying it's an angle nobody has looked at. One thing, uh, the, the, you mentioned the uh, aspirin, and we talked, and remember we talked in the um, podcast on Rasputin mm-hmm. and how he would always cure uh, the czar's son, Alexei, um, when, who was a hemophiliac, yeah. and he would tell them, the doctors, to leave him alone. The doctors were, were, giving, him were giving him aspirin, which is the worst thing you could do yeah. with a hemophiliac. So maybe Rasputin was onto something. Or maybe he just got lucky. Yeah, maybe like the colonel just told me, even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. Yes. <laughs> and the, squir- the colonel will be looking for his nuts. And until next time. And I this- will be in. Uh, hold on. Okay. Now, see, Timmy. Now, spit it out. This show ain't free. Right. Okay. Okay. The show is free, and and I get out. Uh, oh, shout, uh, shout out to Scott. He's always listens to all our podcasts. Thank you, Scott. And you always. Yeah, Scott's a Kentucky fan. No, he's active on our. Uh, he's always active. Isn't on Scott our, a Kentucky? Who was our sponsor? UK today? fan. I don't, I don't know if he's a UK fan, but he's uh, he's always. Oh, Barry's on. the UK. Fan. Oh, Barry's the UK fan. Barry's the UK. Yeah, Barry's fan. always listening. He's a big. Act, he's very active on our Facebook page too. Who's our sponsor today? Our sponsor. Well, see. I thought we was doing Spanish Fly. Of course we did. Um, and I got uh, Raul's Aphrodisiac Emporium in Mexico City. Um, We're international. They're R-A-E. FDA approved aphrodisiacs. They're FDA um, approved in Mexico City? In Mexico City. Nothing but pure good things come out of Raul's. I can tell you um, the, me- the women in Mexico get very excited. They do. About. They do. So Raul... If you want some flash good, of twenty you, in front of them, right? If you want the good, pure, I'm just and kidding. listeners, be responsible with this stuff. But if you're looking for the Spanish fly, Raul's Aphrodisiac Emporium. That's the place to get it. Okay, we need to wrap this up so I can catch a plane. Then we got places to go. I, I tell see. you what, I love Mexico. I really love Mexico, and I want to. I want to go there on vacation, but not because I want to buy an aphrodisiac. No, whatever. I've been to Tijuana. I've been to Tijuana too, man. 
Yeah. I wasn't allowed. Actually, I was. I was. I wanted to campaign down in Tijuana, and I found out it's not really part of the United States. But I do plan on visiting Tijuana because they are a uh, very important economic ally. I went to Tijuana once with a, um, uh, some friends, and the, one of them was a woman who played in Debbie Does Dallas 2. Electric Boogaloo? Uh, I don't know. She was a, uh, act porn actress, and she brought her... really fr- actresses. Well, and the other thing, really, you're keeping company with those kinds it of people? Actually, she was very funny. Did you take her to a downtown ice cream She bar? was friends with Al Goldstein. And she broke her foot on, on the dance floor at a brothel. It was funny, and we had to carry her across back over the border. And it, it, it was funny at the time. I don't feel good about that story at all. Okay, we done? I'm not sure about the company you keep. I mean, I'm sitting <laughs> We really need to look I into that. That's the, a problem. I thought she was the, yeah, I mean, I, I, the devil How? on my right, I know what she got <laughs> going on, but... He's supposed to be our moral compass. Yeah, I know. You, I am moral your moral compass. compass is well, not I, pointing north anymore. I it's had, not. I has always to, pointing I, south. I yeah. had to explore the different, you know, the dark side in order to lead you away from it. <laughs> Neither of us was in the dark side. You're the one spending oh, all the time in the dark side. All right. Thank you for joining like us. Yeah, yeah, dog. We hope that you will join I'm us your again. Father, Colonel. We, we are available on <laughs> iTunes like a as well yeah, on Stitcher. And check us out yeah, on our Facebook page. We appreciate all your comments. And that's all. We'll see you all again real soon. Say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, goodbye everyone. And a, a vote for the Colonel. Is a vote for a ten thousand dollar tax credit. All right, Colonel's giving money away. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll talk to you all real soon. Thanks, everyone. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.